come up with a little sermon about geese tonight. And that's the reason I had Shelby read that from Genesis, talking about uh, all the creatures God created, fish, the birds are there, and all that. And and then I got to thinking about it, and uh, there's a lot of lessons we can learn from just watching God's cre- creatures that he's made. And uh, I was thinking about, as a fisherman, I used to fish a lot 
And I don't know if there's anything any better than being on the lake first thing of the morning when the sun comes up. And probably being, and, and I know Ron would know what I'm talking about. That, and people that hunt and fish, there's are just something special about being out in the wild at, when the sun comes up. And you can learn a lot from watching. I've noticed from fishing, a lot of times if you're looking for a place you want to fish, you can watch, and if you see a lot of birds in one certain area, well, you're going to know they're there for a reason. They're there because there's something there for them to eat. If there's something there for them to eat, then hopefully there's going to be fish there that want to eat too. That's just one thing I've learned about. I think a sermon tonight is going to focus on things as each of us here as a congregation to help us grow and strengthen us more so than would if I'm just pinpointing on any one specific thing. I think it's just for the whole group. And I hope that we can all get something out of it here tonight. When I was young, and I would, I remember seeing this a lot, geese, duck flying over, overhead, and I would watch them, hear them honking and things. I think that's pretty, pretty fascinating. I would watch, but I never did really stop to think, why are they in that V formation? Until I got to reading about it and studying about it. And by the way, have you ever noticed when they're in a V that one side is longer than the other side? You wonder why that is? You know why that is? There's more geese on one side. <laughs> Josh won't be throwing that in the back. <laughs> Him and Jamie asked me what I was going to preach about. And I said, geese. And Josh said, oh, you got to tell them a joke. <laughs> so I had to throw it in there for Josh. <sighs> but anyway, seriously, I never really thought about it until I got to look at it. And there is some scientific reason behind why they do that. And we're going to be looking at that tonight. And, uh, and hopefully use that in some way to, for some lessons for us. And, and on the other hand, too, I don't really notice ducks and geese flying over here anymore like I used to did. It used to, it's pretty common. I don't see a whole lot of me anymore. But there's geese everywhere. And uh, I know over at the, that Toyota plant that I go in and out of, there are just hundreds of them over there. You have to watch where you walk when you get in and out of your truck. <laughs> Over there, and sometimes when you're coming back out, you got to wait for them to go across the road. So they're plentiful, but I don't see them flying like I used to do for whatever reason. But the first uh, point I want to make tonight in lessons from geese is fellowship. The definition of fellowship to have in common, to share, to participate for a common cause. In Acts 2 and 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. As Christians, what are we doing together other than meeting on Sundays? Why do geese get together before they head south for the winter? Well, God made them that way. And it's just something they do. They don't even think about it because they do it because it makes the journey easier when they do it together. When you see geese heading south for the winter, flying along in a bee formation, science has discovered why they fly that way. Research has revealed that as each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird immediately behind it. By, fly by flying in a bee formation, the whole flock adds at least 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew on its own. Part of being in fellowship with one another is making sure that we're going in the same direction 
In other words, flying in the same formation. If a goose gets out of formation, he quickly feels the drag and resistance of trying to do it alone so he gets back in formation. If we fall out of formation with God, we also will feel the resistance, pull us down and away from our goal of growing closer to God. If we all work on our journey to heaven together, the journey becomes easier. The geese, because of their instinct given to them by God, get together and head south for the winter for their survival. As Christians, we need to get together and walk, and walk together and we need to spend time together and grow together. 1 John 1, verses 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The geese stay together and head south for their survival. We too must work together as one body for our survival. We need to think of ways that we can grow together in Christ. If we have the sense God gave a goose, then we will stay in formation and head in the same direction. Next point is sharing the workload. What if 80% of the work was getting done by 20% of the people? Well, I think this would be a church that's probably not growing. Growing churches are active churches. The more people involved in the work of the church, the more it's going to get done. But what would happen if 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people? Well, the people doing all the work would probably get discouraged and probably burn out. It could very easily happen. When the lead goose gets tarred, he rotates back in the bee and another goose will fly to the point. It makes it easier to take turns doing the hard jobs. What would happen to the geese if only 20% would take the lead. They probably would not achieve their goal of getting where they was headed for. Sharing the workload ensures that the work will get done. It makes it easier on everyone. The work of the church is important. Not all of us have the same talents, but we need to use what we have. 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us we are one body with many parts. Matthew 25, 14 through 30 talks about the parable of the talents. Even if we only have one talent, we can't hide it. We need to use it. If all parts are not working in the body, the body will not function properly. What if only 80% of your engine's not running? Believe me, in a big truck, if you get one cylinder that don't run, and you got a load behind you, you think you've got a Volkswagen trying to pull a hill. It makes that much difference. Everything has to run smoothly. And you need the power 100% working. By instinct, Geese share the workload. As a church, we should do the same. And like I said, with our talents, we all have different talents we need to use. This is not my strongest point, but I try to do it and do the best I can. And hopefully someday I'll keep getting stronger and I'll get better at it. But we all have to at least give it a try. Next point, encouragement. Encouragement is the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. God told Joshua in Joshua 1, verses 6 and 7 both, he said, Be strong and courageous. 
Have you ever heard the geese honking when they fly overhead? Well, they're honking at each other as they fly. Now, on the highway, the only honking you're going to hear is probably someone behind you or wanting you to speed up or get out of your way. But the geese, they honk as they fly because they're telling the geese up front, they're encouraging them to keep it up so they can keep their speed up. What are we saying when we honk from behind? First Thessalonians 5 and 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. Hebrews 3 and 13. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. More times than not, the noise that we hear behind people who are working is not the voice of encouragement, but a lot of times the voice of criticism. And I'm going to bet Jimmy can vouch with me here. I remember when I worked in a factory, that was a continuous thing all the time. There was always somebody criticizing somebody else. They wasn't doing their job right or something. So we see that a lot in the workplace. Hopefully we don't see that here. And I don't know. This is one of the best bunch of people I've ever seen about encouraging people. I, I just, you can't say enough good things about it. I'll always remember Carolyn being, I tell you, she always, I don't care if I said a prayer, she always had the best things to say to me afterwards. I'll always remember that. More times than not, well, that was what I said. Geese are trying to encourage one another as they're on their long journey south. As Christians, we should do the same thing. We're on a long journey to Jesus. When we cheer on our favorite team, we're encouraging them that they can win. I think that's the reason the home team, most of the time, will have an advantage because they have more people there cheering for them and encouraging them that they can win. Are we encouraging our fellow brothers and sisters? The biblical definition centers around the idea of building strength and courage in the inner self. The strength to do things that we might otherwise thought impossible. But with encouragement, we can do those things. Sharing one another's burdens. Now, I found this when I was reading about geese. It said, when, when a goose gets sick or wounded by gunfire and falls out, two other geese fall out of formation and follow it down to protect it. They stay until it gets better or dies. Then they launch out on their own or with another group. But then somebody put a note underneath and said, that's not true. I shot one. The others took to flying faster to get away. So <laughs> I don't know if that's true. So we're going to assume that they do, though, to go along with us. In Galatians 6 and 2, it says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. In Romans 15 and 1, it says, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. If we have the sense of a goose, we will stand by each other like that. People need to know that when they need someone, they have a brother or sister in Christ that they can reach out to. We all need encouragement sometimes during sickness or the loss of a loved one. Too many times we shoot the brother who stumbles instead of staying with them till they heal. There are many things that we can learn from God's creation. There are many things we can learn from geese. Things that will help us make the church stronger. I hope that as a church we will fly together in formation. That we will share the workload. 
And that when we are honking at each other from behind, it is to encourage and we'll share each other's burdens. If the community sees how we flock together, they will come more wanting to join us. Are you doing your part on a personal level to help grow the kingdom of God? In closing, I'm going to look back and review what we have went over here tonight. Number one, we share a common goal and direction. We all want to get to heaven, and we all need to be headed in the same direction. Stay in formation. When we get out of formation, we will feel the drag and resistance, and we can't try to go it alone. Have the humility to seek help. Be humble to admit the challenges we face and to seek help when we need it. Encourage the leader and empower others to lead. We each have unique skills, capabilities, and gifts to offer. Encouraging each one to do different things will spread the workload, and we might be surprised at just what we can do. Support each other. When we're back in the V, it is important to keep the leaders motivated, to break the barriers and lead the way. It's important for you two to keep up and not fall behind. Stand by your flock in good times and bad. It's easy when you're always on the winning team, but when things start getting difficult and facing challenges, it's easy to fall behind. Let others know when you need them. Allow them to help and guide you, and don't go it alone. And stay committed to the team or flock. Stay true to your values and purpose, and great teams always stick together. I hope these are some things, some lessons we'll think about that will help us all to continue to be a strong flock here at Stanford and, and hopefully we'll get things back to normal and start growing and we'll see our numbers increase. Before Ben leads us in our song tonight, if there's anybody here, anything we can do to maybe you've fallen away or, and you need our prayers, if there's anything we can do to help. But there's one little thing I want to, and I want to, I want to tell you, I've seen this on the marquee and I want you to think about this as we're singing the invitation. I thought this was a good little thing, a little catchy thing. I'll always remember it. I said, life is short, hell is not. Jesus is coming, ready or not. Let's be ready. Be ready. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's fire in your blood, fire in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's one.
Amen.